All right, ladies and gentlemen, all welcome back to the Slate of Game Shatterproof Theater. My name is Scotty, also known as EDC, and uh, this is the Arcade Nostalgia Memories Podcast, and I've already got to fix some shit because I forgot some shit, and it's all shit, and yeah, now let's... Uh, professional yeah. podcast nothing is professional here shut the fuck up um yeah this is uh episode three and um the uh person all the way to the right a slide of game is uh, going to be our sponsor for this month so a uh, slight requests that you go and check out shatterproof.org and i'm going to put the link in the chat here all you have to do is uh, click that link. Uh, fuck you, Cage. That's my job. Um, Not really. <laughs> it's kind of literally my job. <laughs> um, so uh, click on that link and check it out. Shatterproof is an organization that uh, helps uh, anybody that's suffering from drug addiction. Uh, this is a subject that is near and dear to Slight's heart. So uh, go check that out. And if you are so inclined, make a donation. It would mean a lot to him. So... Um, the uh, Arcade Nostalgia Memories podcast episode three is the man himself. Slight of Game is our guest today. But before that, we have to get to uh, this guy in the middle with um, what appears to be a tiny little toy or dog hat uh, perched precariously on top of the uh, Chrome Dome. That is uh, Legion it's a Cage. Willy Wonka hat. Thank <laughs> Willy Wonka. Oh, you mean is that a Mike TV hat? No, it's it's supposed it's a, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, it's supposed to actually be a Willy Wonka top hat. Um, it may be from a dog costume, but it's supposed to be a Willy Wonka top hat. Oh, okay. So that's an uh, like like Willy's hat. Like like the hat that uh, Willy Wonka wore. Okay. Yes. All right. I didn't see it, so you failed. Uh, anyway, Cage is my co-host. Welcome, Cage. Are are you well? Are you uh, breathing okay still? Like there's... <laughs> um, no, but I haven't died yet, so uh, it's okay. Yeah, I know the feeling. Man, we've all been sick. Like, almost every single person I know has recently had, within the last month, uh, a uh, some version of the flu. And um, I, I got to say, um, I'm not surprised because I don't know if you recall the news at, uh, at the time, but last year flu season was practically non-existent. And uh, part of that was because of COVID, you know, people were masking and social distancing and all that. And and I I thought to myself, this was, you know, maybe going to be a thing, this uh, this flu coming back with a vengeance this season, and boy, did it. It seems like everybody's had it. And mm -hmm. uh, it was pretty damn debilitating when I had it about two and a half weeks ago. Slight, yeah. did you have uh, any type of flu, anything? Just thinking I'm not going to even talk about it, because as soon as I say that I haven't had it yet, you're gonna get it. Uh, Boom! Now you're done. You're not, done. Knock, you're on, done. knock on wood. You're gonna knock on your head. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and it was like to your point, Scotty. You know, um, believe in it, don't hate it, love it, whatever. You're right. People were people were doing things a lot differently last year uh, when it came to masking, social distancing, better sanitizing, all that kind of stuff. 
you know, a lot of, and a lot of people honestly thought, you know, that was going to be the new normal. I, I, I did. And here we are for a while. Later. Yeah. And here I, I honestly, I work in a hospital. I never thought I'd be able to walk around a hospital without a mask on again. Right. And they yeah. lifted that was that restriction. Like we do not have to do that. Yeah. Well, and then so, the CDC as well, you know, coming out and saying, okay, all the restrictions, the recommendations are dropped and all that. And, Oh, yeah. there's also no difference in the recommendations between uh, uh, vaccinated and unvaccinated. So, yeah. <laughs> whatever. I, I I I ignore half of this shit because it's all so stupid. Um, anyway, uh, slight. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, who you are and what you do and why and all that good stuff? Who I am? Oh man, so many reveals. Why are you amazing? The spite of Game Channel. It's funny because I, I always as a kid thought, what if I miss a game? Like, what if I miss something that's released? I'm not going to be able to keep up. And ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to just like, it's like little Anakin wanting to see all the stars. I wanted to play all the games. So I thought when I started the channel, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep playing them until I die, <laughs> essentially. So that's what I do. Just play games, even if I hate them. Well, and you, and you might as well Boy. put that out on Twitch and yeah, maybe make a, a few bucks off of it here and there. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Um, yeah, what are you at now? A hundred and um, I don't even know. I'm gonna type it in my own chat. <laughs> I was gonna say I, to I totally did that the other day. You weren't online, and but I was like, I was trying to think of myself. I was trying to get the I was list it. of games, and I'm like, hmm, I can just type this in this chat. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it will yeah. Pop up. It's uh, 143 now. There you go. Yeah, because yeah. I played a whole bunch of little teeny tiny games. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hold on, we're we're gonna take a break from recording the podcast so I can yell at somebody in my chat. <laughs> and an anonymous gifter has yeah. uh, gifted mm. a whole bunch of subs. There, ten subs. It looks like. The hell is that? I I really appreciate you, anonymous. But uh, no, <laughs> please don't. No, thanks, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, anonymous. <laughs> I uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ryan is new to my channel. I have railed ah. previously against um, Twitch and the Twitch subscription system. The fact that they take half, and the fact that uh, you know, I, and and maybe I'm I'm a little bit alone, not alone, but um, just like I've not been happy with what the fuck twitch has been doing um with the hate raids and the bots and all the bullshit basically um so that's why i set up the patreon but uh either way it's your money you can do with it as you please i appreciate you all the same so thank you very Basically, much actually, your whole channel yeah right yeah <laughs> just that look on his face and that emote Yep, exactly. That's why that, that's the only emote I have is Ben Stein. So Yeah, that's all you need. That's all you and, need. And and because of that, because I have not encouraged anybody to, you know, do subs. Obviously a few people have here and there. I haven't done anything with emotes or, you know, any big things with sound alerts or channel redemptions or any of that stuff. Right. So um that's fine. Well, because if you did, then that would encourage 
more subscriptions to get the email. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I'd rather, you know, I'd rather people go do my Patreon instead. Well, see, and that's like for me, you know, that's one of the reasons why. I oh, Ryan says he didn't do that. That's because it's oh, okay. not that guy, Ryan. It's not that guy, Ryan. It's the other guy, Ryan. <laughs> it's the other guy. All right. So now, now that we got that out of the way, thank you, Anonymous, whoever you are. I appreciate you. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, all, all, yeah. no, it's not me because I'm too vain to not take credit for something like that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're going to get back into recording the podcast here. Uh, thank you. again. Oh, for fuck's sake, Anonymous. Mm hmm. Knock it off. Fight the man, Anonymous. <laughs> also, fight the man, Scotty. I love you. I appreciate you. Knock it the fuck off. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. So we're going to get back to the podcast here. Um, all right. So Sleight of Game. Uh, the game that you have chosen today is uh, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, Metal let, Gear. Let's just go ahead and get right into that here. Give me one second. Let me get over to the thingamabobber with the thing and the thing and and uh, do the oh, thing anonymous gifter <laughs> yeah 28 subs all right now we got that okay now give me one second here before we i'm trying to think if there's a, another way i can do that On a bright note, Scotty, you'll be able to um, upload more emotes if you decided to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those two <laughs> gift rounds alone will. Yeah, will probably get you bump it up to, to at least like three or four emotes. Yeah. Plus, you had the five free that they gave you anyway. So it looks so right. bright for some reason right now. Is that just me? Okay, give me a second. I have to adjust some of the volume things here. Because the way this is doing this, now I bump that down. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Okay, there we go. I see my who may have done it. Either way, I'm going to yell at them and maybe shove something up their ass. Because what the fuck, man? <laughs> All right, so uh, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, this is slight. Is this your favorite game, Slight, or like one of your top? It's hard favorites? to say anymore what my favorite is, but I mean it was for so long. I just, I just, that's my favorite game now officially. You've you've played so many with your journey. Yeah, I mean I liked so. it for such a long time. I was obsessed. I'm very obsessive, so I really, really, really liked it. Okay. Everything about it played it like 5,000 times. Do you remember how old you were when you first started playing it? 11. 11. 11 year old slight. I, I don't... Yeah. I, I didn't know that you were ever Instead 11. of playing like Mario and stuff, I was playing Metal Gear Solid. Go through. I thought you were bor like born 20. Yeah. <laughs> and then I stayed that way. I never got over it. <laughs> Alright, so uh, slight, if you would, um, actually, you know what? I'm I'm all jumbled up now because of this stupid uh, uh yeah uh, 
Anonymous. We we We, totally skipped an entire segment. I was I was trying to basically just cut Cage out of the show. Just wanted to see who was in the chat. That's what I was doing right now. (laughs) I'm good. All right, Mr. Cage, would you give us like a history and uh, tell us what was going on with this game approximately and the the thing when it came out? All right. Uh, So yeah. uh, So reveals. Slight was 11 in 1998. You can do that math oh, uh, from boy. there. <laughs> September 3rd, 1990. Well, I guess that does, doesn't necessarily mean that's the first time you played it. Um, anyways, True. that's when it released, though. September. For- <laughs> <laughs> I had that September ready. 3rd, <laughs> 1998 was the release of uh, Metal Gear Solid. Um, so there wasn't a t- honestly that happened that day i literally was kind of the big thing that day um you know i looked at like the big movies and stuff that were going on at the time about the one big thing that i can tell you and number one on the charts in the usa number one on the charts probably in the world and if you say you weren't listening to it you literally were not near a radio number one song aerosmith's i don't want to miss a thing uh because that song was everywhere everywhere um dude i I was singing that at karaoke back when (laughs) it came out i was gonna say it was definitely jamming in my wife's uh cd player that is for sure she loves aerosmith she loves that song um may have been the song we danced to at the wedding you know it was everywhere uh, other things you might have heard uh, would have been like Monica, the first night, Jennifer Page's crush, Usher's My Way, and Brandy and Monica teaming up for The Boy Is Mine. Um, uh, movies out at the time, Rushmore, Pleasantville, Rush Hour. I'm assuming Armageddon was still around. Yeah, I'm sure. Pleasantville, <laughs> uh, that's a great one. I haven't seen uh, it, it in forever. It was, a, it was a pretty good movie. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, but uh, that was uh, that was a time. Uh, Metal Gear Solid release though, and I can't find my tab. So uh, <laughs> it was developed by Konami and released for the PlayStation originally. Uh, following up uh, the series for the MSX2, um, but more commonly, it, people played the game, the first Metal Gear games, on the original NES. They were ports of the MX msx2 version metal gear and metal gear 2 solid snake so this was the third game in the series um but this was the first foray into 3d uh it was definitely a highly touted about game like i remember before it came out i got a was it like official playstation magazine you guys remember well scotty probably don't but like slight you remember that where they had the demo discs in it yeah, that's how I discovered this game. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, I got a demo disc that had the like first area of this game on it. Yep. And yep. Same one. I probably played like, I don't know, like 50 hours of the demo. And all you can do in the demo, I mean, the demo like is supposed to last 10 minutes <laughs> or something like that. But I made it last hours. Um, but yeah, it was fantastic. Um when it finally released in uh, 98, like I said, uh, it was well, very well regarded. It got an average of 94 out of 100 on Metacritic. Um, Insane. 
Yes. Uh, more than 7 million copies sold worldwide. 12 million demos shipped. That's on this. <laughs> That's kind of entertaining to like know that. Um, yeah. It is regarded as one of the greatest and most important video games of all time. Uh, and honestly, it kind of really helped popularize the stealth, stealth genre. Games like uh, Splinter Cell, um, Hitman kind of really came about because of this game. Uh, the original one was remade in 2004 as Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes, and that was done for the GameCube. They had a, a lot of adding of like better graphics, uh, some extra things with it that kind of thing but yeah, yeah um, <laughs> that's uh that's one i honestly i own it i have never actually played the twin snakes version <gasps> but i i really do want to um and it's on my list of games to play even though i'm not doing every game ever i mean i'm not either <laughs> but yeah yeah this this game was just just insane as to what it did for I, like the genre like, and games as a whole painting. yeah like, um, I really doubt that Scotty had ever played this. I can't remember if he said before. No, we I feel like Are he you would have liked Scory. I think he would, too. It's um, very bad, Alley. And because it was made by Konami, there's actually a boss fight with an Easter egg in the game um, where he'll read your mind. And if you, uh, if you have a Castlevania Symphony of the Night save file on your memory card, he'll be like, I see you like Castlevania. Yeah. And I'm like, that was just freaking cool. You know, I couldn't do that before the time of memory cards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're like this big, right? The little gray ones. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Awesome. See here. All right. Yeah, no, there's no chance in hell that I ever play this game because one, I never had a PlayStation. Even my brother, uh, my brother is the game collector, right? So even when he was growing up, he really didn't have much of anything aside from the same things that I had, which was an old NES and uh, N64, so we never had PlayStation or Xbox or anything else like that. <clears throat> and um, it wasn't until a little bit later. Like, I know he, my brother went to live with our cousin for a while uh, before he graduated. And uh, he had uh, probably like a PS1. So maybe he started getting into some of the PlayStation games then. But... I'd say by the time he, my brother was uh, graduating, he still didn't have very much experience with any other consoles. Uh, so, and then my gaming experience kind of ends there and, and didn't pick up again until much more recently. And even then, I still only have an NES and an SNES. I had an Xbox 360 and I sold it. I didn't care much for the modern gaming aspect. Um, but, yeah, as far as that goes, that I think the... Um, so far from what I have seen, being a non-gamer, most of the, like, the storylines are pretty excellent storylines depending on what it is it, you know if it's a more popular game that seems to be indicative of that is the story is is really decent um like i i really enjoyed parasite eve i really enjoyed silent hill 
Um, you know, even even to some degree, some of the things like Halo or Borderlands, like when, uh, you know, our second episode in the first season, uh, Joho presenting uh, Borderlands, um, you know, and he gave us a sampling of Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderland or Adventureland or whatever that's um, the DLC. Assault, Assault on Dragon's Keep. Yeah. And, and that was fantastic. I, I really love that. I mean, how many, you know, times have you heard people say they love Handsome Jack's character in Borderlands? You know, that that sort of thing. The ga- uh, storytelling aspect, I think, is is best. Um, <clears throat> all right, so I'm going to get the uh, playthrough started. And Slight, why don't you go ahead and start giving us a little bit of a rundown on the game, starting with the story and and you know who you're playing as and what you're doing um i mean right off the bat right here you're not able to um especially if you if you just were in a quiet room you can hear the the music already is next level yes Um, i agree and i think that's one of the things that metal gear it was one of the first if i'm not mistaken to to really take games and make um make them like movies to where today we have like a cutscene, right we have to sit mm-hmm. and watch a cutscene, then play the game that's kind of what they were um early pioneers of and right here right off the bat you're sitting and watching a movie besides the graphics of its time if this were remade like with today's this would be an incredible movie. Um, so the 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 story starts off very simple. You're you're some sort of a government agent who's you know going to take care of some terrorists. That's basically essentially it. But it, it gets so convoluted very quickly. And what I like about it, I didn't show it in this, but before this cutscene, you can actually go into the menu like the start menu and you can uh, you can go and look at like previous stories previous uh, so they they kind of give you like a three or four page text to read okay where it just kind of gives you a rundown of like the previous game so you know where you're at so yeah unless you're a heavy metal gear fan this is actually not the first game this is the first this is metal gear solid part one um, and that's the you know the most popular one that started it but um there were two other games like cage was saying like in the 87 and 89 um, they just weren't as popular so what uh what were the first uh, there was one game before this or uh, a couple there were there were two there were three so there was 87 the very first one we actually shared the same birthday metagana july 1987 um we both came out <laughs> And uh, and and you're playing that MSX version. It's it's very difficult. It's a baby game. Um, and then Solid Snake, the agent, um, takes on another mission in the second game after that, which was 1990. Um, but then it wasn't until 1998 when this one came out where they started to um, Kojima decided to uh, play around with the new technology and see what PlayStation's capable of doing. Um, and here we have uh, a finally a 3D version of what what existed before, <laughs> which is for some reason way. I mean, it was it was it was much more popular for sure. So this is the only game people remember really, when they're casual fans. Yeah, most people thought that that's like yeah, a lot of people. This is where it started. Yeah. 
Well, this is the only this is the only game I've heard of with that title. Um, yeah. And the first and one was Metal Gear, just Metal Gear. So just it. Metal Gear, and then you had yeah. Metal Gear Two. Yeah. So somebody tried to, they tried to make Snake. one that was called Snake's Revenge, and it wasn't canon. It was thrown out, like, and so Kojima made an actual official one, which was Metal Gear Two Solid Snake. And okay. now we have this one, Metal Gear Solid. So Metal Gear Solid is the main is the main thing. You go Metal Gear Solid one, two, three, four, and five. Gotcha. The first. And and I'm assuming that's much more popular than the first two games as well. Yeah, yeah. This is pretty much where it all started. So you don't actually have to play the first two games, but um I went in and I looked at the Let's see if I do it here. You can see where it says briefing. There's so there's a whole section where you can you can read the text, right? You get a summary of the first two games, um, and then there's also briefing, which I totally skipped on this part. The briefing tapes alone would probably take an hour. Uh, these games are very well known for being a little lengthy on the cutscenes. Thorough. <laughs> uh, there are times where you're sitting for like, especially in part two, for like 45 minutes just sitting there watching this thing. Wow. Um, it's really long. Uh, he's very long-winded as a storyteller. He'll just go off on tangents, you know. Hmm. Uh, this one's not too bad at doing that. So who are you playing as? So you're playing as Solid Snake, um, which at this point in the story, you don't know too much. You just know that... Um, and there's Liquid. That's the main antagonist. Liquid Snake. So there's Solid Snake and there's Liquid Snake. That's just their code <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, and <laughs> and you have to... It's all stealth. There is no action. And apparently, from what I remember, he had, he had actually started running out of time. He wanted it to be, um, you know, just a typical action game, beat him up, sneak around and stuff, but more action than stealth. But he he gets so he's to, to this day he takes forever to make a game and I guess uh, he just threw something together to where it just became a stealth game over time and it stuck. Hmm. So this is it. Okay. So at this point you're just antsy you're just like okay when's when's the game gonna start he's just telling you how to call him how to get you can actually go through and manually input the uh, frequency one four zero point eight five. Okay so this is like a tutorial basically. Yeah, and you use that thing like, you know, like a radio. You can actually call different people. Sometimes you can find frequencies on your own just like that they don't tell you about to find secret characters or Easter eggs. Hmm. So this is it. Officially, boom, gameplay starts. Okay. Um, so you use the D-pad to walk around. And it's weird yeah. because like most games, A, you know, or X would be the action button. But in this case, it's not. <laughs> and, and like slate you were saying uh you use the d-pad to walk around you know and this was a playstation game but this was actually before the dualshock controller was released um they or it may not have been before but it was designed for people who did not have the dualshock controller yeah there, i think i think it um I want to say the DualShock existed because this is jumping ahead, but the whole Psycho Mantis thing, you know, he starts to move your controller. That was, that was, uh, that was, that's trippy. true. <laughs> that's super trippy. 
So yeah, so you can look at your on the top right of the screen. You'll see a. Um, that's that's it's not a mini map, but essentially you're just supposed to use it to your radar to check to see if enemies can see you, okay. which right here. They obviously did. So I want to show off all aspects of the game. So they they keep calling you, by the way, to bug you like this. <laughs> uh, it's the worst. It's optional. You don't have to answer them, but this one flashed red, which means that it's going to answer for you because it's a imperative that you know that you are being hunted. I'm like, yeah, get off of me. I'm trying to do this. <laughs> hey, did you um, notice that guy over there trying to kill you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you'll go up to a ladder and it'll say, Snake, press circle. To I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I like how it goes into first person mode when you're under things, you know, when you're crawling around. Um, so I wanted to show off different things. I think I knock right here just to, I might not be in this spot, but you can, you can actually go up against the corner and you can knock on the wall to make sounds to distract the soldiers which is innovative it was so it was interesting right here the water it makes sounds it makes puddle sounds um so when you look at the little uh, radar that white or red area is their vision of field or their field of vision i got that backwards and if it's if it's red you've been spotted if it's yellow it's caution you know they're suspicious um but it's fun you can either just run through them all like i did or you can uh you can mess around and you could try to um there's a section coming up where there's snow and you can actually uh make footprints and then the guards will get suspicious of your footprints and they'll follow the trail right to you that, that's cool yeah um so uh as a stealth game you could probably try to play this primarily as never get spotted, never right. set off the guards. Correct. Okay. Which I, you know, that was the goal the first time I played it. Um, after a few playthroughs, you start to just want to, like, shoot them up and see what you can do. There's all kinds of Easter eggs in these games. It's ridiculous. Hmm. Okay, so let's uh, cover some more of the gameplay in depth. Um, you said it's primarily D-pad that you're just yeah. using to move back and forth. Um, right. What kind of like items and weapons do you have to collect? Um, so they tell you early on that the mission is weapons and equipment OSP, so on-site procurement. So you're just supposed to... You go in and you just find stuff as you go. You find cardboard boxes, which you can use to cover yourself and hide. The iconic thing. Uh, <laughs> find, uh... I, I just pictured the guy standing there with a cardboard box over his head saying, you can't see <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> yeah, you find guns. You know, you, it's not it's it's not a shooter, but you do find the first thing you're about to find okay. here is a, a pistol, a SOCOM pistol. Um, Usually they'll start you in these games with like a tranquilizer gun. Okay. What about um, melee or you know some of those stealth moves like you know knocking a guy you know? Yeah, yeah. Put you your can go up arm somebody, around uh, somebody's neck and snuff them out. Yep. Yep. There's multiple. They they started taking that to the next level, but in this one you can um you can either just you know punch kick combo them and then run away because they're gonna get back up. Hmm. Or do that several times to knock them out, or you can press, I believe it was square. You go up behind somebody, you press square, um, 
and you can start choking them. And you have to repeatedly press square to choke them out. Interesting. Or if you keep going, like you can let it go and then they just pass out. Or you can keep going until you hear a snap and you can break their neck. Wow. And then the characters will just blink out of existence, you know, like games used to do. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was just, I think what made it cool, besides the st story aside, there was just so much stuff you can do from the footprints in the snow to the sound of the water to, to knocking, you know, knocking on some door to get their attention. And then you can go around, like, they'll come this way, and then you can go around the other way. Um, and then the second one, you can even hide the bodies, like knock them out, hide them in a locker. <laughs> They're very innovative. Okay, so that's the primary thing is just stealth, moving around, trying to get yeah, past all the guns. Yeah, you just want to try to not ever get caught. You you can get caught, but it just makes life harder if you're caught. Right. And uh, what about other types of scenarios like vehicles or dealing with the combat if you are getting caught? Um, <coughs> you use the vehicles to hide. You can crawl and hide under them. Uh Except for one sequence at the end of the game, you don't really. There's no vehicle driving or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Towards the end of the game, you're actually in a vehicle. You're shooting. Somebody else is driving. So there's actually no driving yet. Oh, so yeah, that's almost like um, yeah, avoid all the bullets as they're flying at the vehicle. Yeah. Type deal. Yep. Okay. And it's cool because in this game, it's, this is 1998, so it was being made earlier than that. It came out in 98, and you can switch. Um, it's very, very bad, but you can switch to first person and look around. Um, does that, I don't does, even remember how to do that. It's like, Does it make it harder to play? <laughs> yeah. You can't walk around, but you can look around in first person. Oh, okay. Yeah, so now right here, they're actually going over what I was saying. The blue cone, the dot, they're just showing you kind of how to use that little radar. I think you can, if you have a gun equipped, you can shoot in first person, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like Banana saying, yeah, you can, you can, you can aim down the sights and then hold triangle, yeah, to look in first person. Hmm. Well, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Interesting. This is an area where, um, this was all in the demo. So the demo was pretty long. The cage is right. Like, if you take all the cutscenes out, you just skip it all. Metal Gear is pretty much an interactive movie. There's not much gameplay. You just put all the gameplay together, you can beat it in, like, I don't know, three hours tops. I remember uh, last season when we were interviewing Whitney, uh, Cage, you were saying about how, you know, you were manager at GameStop then, and you had gotten the demo for Bioshock. And and you went home and played it, and then you came back to the store that night to put your order in for that. I'm wondering, like, how many how many times did you guys play a demo, and you're just like, I gotta have this fucking game. As far as playing a demo and then having to have the game, uh, probably twice, honestly. Bioshock and this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'd gotten, uh, I mean, I'll save that for the next segment, but I've, that's how I started, is, is the demo disc. And, you know, that, I don't normally just play demo discs and say, oh, I want this game right now. But this, the way, we're going to get to this part here, but not too long after this is where the demo ends. 
And you're just like, oh no, like you were starting to get into it. And, you know, it was well done. <laughs> uh, and and that's that's probably the aim of a good demo is oh, yeah, to get sure. you hooked and then, you know, go buy the rest of it. Um, Look at his footprints. So you can leave footprints in the snow, which go away after a little while, which is also realistic because it's snowing, right? Yeah. But you can you have binoculars, you have cigarettes, which um, if you go to the briefing, back up a bit, you go to that menu before the game starts, go to briefing, and you can watch these tapes. And it's just kind of like a prologue, right? So it's just, if you want to watch it, you can. I was so into the story, I did anyway. Um it just explains, like, you're supposed to be brothers. So you and the protagonist are twins. He's Liquid Snake, you're Salt Snake. You're supposed to look the same, and why does this guy have short brown hair where the other guy has long blonde hair? Which is also explained in, in the tapes. So you can sit there and watch the prologue. Hmm. And they just kind of go over little things. Like, he smuggles cigarettes into his stomach. He wasn't supposed to have them, right? But he's, like, he's addicted to smoking, like, really bad. And you can choose to use the cigarettes, which drain your life very slowly. Uh, but you can use them to, like, see infrared or, uh, you know, lasers, right, for traps. Because the smoke, you'll see this little laser there. Wow. It's crazy. I, I am yeah. amazed by the level of detail in it's, this. It's insane. This guy age. takes forever to make games, though. That's his thing. <laughs> Konami didn't much like that. It'd be like seven years, I think, he was working on Metal Gear 5 before they said, okay, you need to release it right now. Yeah. Look at this. <clears throat> Your first little sweaty game stuff. You got to go, you know, learn the patterns, go through the things. Stay out of the you light. You don't have to pick everything up. Yeah. Here I had hesitated because I hadn't played it in, like, probably ten years. So I was like, yeah. Wait, do I go now? Okay, now go. <laughs> you don't have to pick everything up. You but... don't. You want so to. what I got right there was chaff grenades. So I'm about to throw a chaff grenade because there is a camera. That's what that yellow cone is on the radar. So the chaff grenades disrupt electronics for a brief period. So now I can run in there and the camera won't see me. Gotcha. That's what those are for. And all the little particles on the screen is just to show you that there's a chaff grenade that's active. Yeah. You see how the camera moves like that? It's just, it's it's amazing. I, really. I, I am really amazed by the level of detail in this, how many different little things There's you've got coming into play and how you use them in your gameplay. That's that's very interesting to me. It would take for it would take a while. Like, you could sit for hours to, to, you'd have to spend a whole, like, five episodes breaking down what you can do in these games and Easter eggs. It's amazing. Hmm. Um, Cage, you've, you've played them all, right? Or have you just played the first one? I've played uh, one, two, part of three, and four, as far as Metal Gear Solid goes. Gotcha. I've also played through... I haven't played through, but I played the original one. And Scotty, they get more advanced. Like, this is really? just the basis, right, Cage? This yeah. This is just like the beginning of... You My... just build on it from here. My personal problem beyond Metal Gear Solid 2 and even a lot with Metal Gear Solid 2 still is the storyline gets really convoluted. It almost um, goes too far, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and while 1, 2, and 3 are very good, um, 3, you go back in time. Well, you don't go back in time, but you're playing like 
earlier in time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so, definitely way back in the past. Yeah. yeah, so things are not like as advanced as they are here. They have to they have to dumb it down for the time frame. Uh, and then four, when four came out, that was the whole reason I bought a PlayStation Three. And Kojima just goes super artistic on it, like to the point of I remember every single cutscene, like in between the segments, start with uh, I believe a little girl frying eggs, and all you're seeing is like the pan frying eggs, right. and it's just it's just weird. Like he's trying to make weird statements. Yeah. So right so. here. Um, to, to select the items, you use the left, uh, the left bumper and the right bumper. So you can hold it down to kind of bring up that menu. There's the right bumper and I'm scrolling through. I let it go when I want to select something. You can also, if I remember, tap it instead of hold it to turn it on and off real fast, whatever item you have. Hmm. Um, so what I was just looking at was the guard. He was sleeping, standing up and that little vent behind him on the ground. That's where you crawl through to proceed to the next place. But I was also playing around to show off, like, I'm going to go an alternate route, which is upstairs. So you can actually go up the stairs to a different vent. They both take you to the same place, but the one upstairs, um, I think I think one of them has uh, rats, and you get, like, a little extra bonus codec call. Um, and then some of the characters that you talk to on that codec are not essential you can but you don't have to like nastasha romanenko right there that i was just talking to is just an extra one to call she's supposed to be your nuclear weapons you know specialist and um kojima is very big on history so you can call and just sit there and listen to them talk about historical facts talk about the how many nuclear weapons are in the world today how much waste there is and, and they really start getting deep into stuff political things historical things i just killed the guy right there <laughs> Um, Nothing more satisfying than breaking someone's neck. So now they're going to call and say there's... The I will through. take that clip of you saying that, Cage, and use it completely out of context for several things now. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really am impressed with the level of detail on this. The voice acting superb. <clears throat> yeah. Um, they did a really good job. And David Hayter, the guy who plays as Snake, uh, is not really a voice voice acting is like his second job he's a script writer he wrote um like x-men for hollywood like he just happens to have a badass voice and and he's done some games too and they're like oh you got it you're our guy Hmm. Um, well yeah listening to the actual audio of the of him talking to like the dude yeah. on the screen right now you know he's yeah. like master why are you here yeah he sounds he sounds it's almost laughable but it just became i so iconic he just stuck with it you know made it even more gritty well uh you often find the best voice actors in the uh places you least expect to find them like twitch His... yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people that, that, when it's not their bag, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Notice how this is first person. So that's another thing. It's just, just the ability to switch back and forth from first person to third person. Um, and on such an old game. I mean, 98's not super old, right? There's other games that are far older, but the, the stuff you can do is just incredible. It is two discs, 
so it's pretty long. Well, you, well, you think about you think about 1998, and for for us, it sounds like, you know, oh, that was just a couple years ago, bro. But it was yeah. 24 years ago. No, life was so like, much different. It was a different <laughs> time for me, for sure. We're fucking old, Cage. Uh, so yeah, well, two discs. You were talking about, you know, up to 45 yeah. minute cutscenes. Yeah. Imagine, you well, know, in the second one, <laughs> you have to. This one's got some long stuff too. You have to, uh, you know, have space on on your game discs for all of those cutscenes plus the actual game itself. Right, and and the girl I was just talking to there, Mei Ling, she's a she gives you like a Chinese proverb, right? She'll give you some wise saying every time you call her to save a game. So you save the game, then she'll tell you something, and then you, that's, and it became tradition. Like sometimes you just want to call her to see what else she's gonna say. <laughs> Interesting. But, I mean, you can't even see his eyes, right? His <laughs> facial features. The graphics are so old. But for its time, and that glitchiness right there is probably just from the emulator, by the way. <laughs> for its time, uh, yeah, all that stuff right there. It, this was a... Uh, th this had never been done before. This was, like, the most innovative, amazing thing ever. Hmm. Um, so... Uh, we've got about a little over five minutes uh, here left in the first part of the playthrough. Um, why don't you tell us, uh, like, about advancing throughout the game, uh, through the various stages of it? Does it get more intense? How do you deal with it in different scenarios, and and then actually completing the game? That's just it's just it's pretty simple as far as what you have to do. You have to get from point A to point B. And it, you know, it starts to get a little harder, the, the guards, and sometimes there's camouflage involved, so the guards are invisible, there's traps. Um, but it's it's mostly just going back and forth, like, oh, I can't get through door A because I don't have a card, and I can get the card from, like, that room. You know what I mean? So, um, so once you get through it all. puzzle aspects yeah. as well. Yeah, once you get through it all, you'll, you'll find every once in a while, you know, there's a boss fight. You have to fight a helicopter, you have to... Because you get stinger missiles eventually, so it gets pretty crazy. Um, but it's mostly what what captivated you is once you get through the game, or the the each the level, I guess. Um, you fight a boss, and then there's some long dramatic dialogue between you and the guy who's dying, and you know you learn about his his tribe and the ancient people of whatever. And it's just like somehow he ties so many things together. And uh, and then you proceed to the next level. And then you have to change the disc and keep going. Um, <laughs> and they always had a tradition at the end of the game, once you beat it, it's 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 epic, it's long, the boss fight was amazing. The, uh, there's like multiple stages to it, you know, because you think you killed somebody and then he's like, oh, no, he's alive. And now he's driving after you, stuff like that. Hmm. And then you let the credits roll and the credits have beautiful music. It's... Um, just wait and, and wait and at the end of the credits before marvel existed with their movies you have the tradition of having a uh, some dial you can't see anything but there's dialogue at the end um of the credits and it's always a conversation between one or two people and on the phone or something and it's usually the biggest twist of the entire game is at the end credits so it always you're like oh i gotta play the next one so it's almost it's it, it's literally almost like driving you to continue playing the game 
no right. matter what, throughout each stage, at the very least, just to get to the end, and all the way through the credits to hear that dialogue at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And so even up to the most recent game, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta wait till the credits are over, right? You don't want to skip the credits, because there's got to be something. Hmm. Well, at the very I least. gotta say, there's one section right here that's, uh, so you come back to this room multiple times, and later on they tell you, hey, you have to call you have to call, um, Meryl and you'll find her frequency number on the back of the CD case, and I spent so freaking long looking through my items, running around the game trying to figure out where the hell is that damn CD case, and I wasn't alone, most people do that come to find out I was just sitting there pouting one day like, man, I'm never going to beat this game. This was before YouTube and stuff. So I was just stuck. And then I looked at the back of my CD case in my hand. Yeah. And I saw I saw the number. <laughs> yeah. The he breaks the fourth wall all the time. Case. Yep. All the time. Yep. That was a good time. Well, and you're talking about, you know, before there was YouTube and all that. Yeah, of course, nowadays you can look up and, you know, watch yeah, some gameplay yeah. or find a like guide or I anything mean, like that. Really, really, if I'm stuck for sure, I'll do it. But there, there, that, that time in gaming where those were not options. So you either had to figure it out by spending hundreds yeah. of thousands of hours. <laughs> just going through the motions yeah. or you gave up well you know and it like that was something you know that they that they did try to do something differently or whatever um because they're they're not the only ones that done it one other one that like springs directly to my mind of doing something like fourth wall breaking or like maybe not necessarily fourth wall breaking but something in that same vein where you cannot find all the information contained where the information should be right is uh final fantasy nine, the guidebook for final fantasy nine, the strategy guide that you bought separately. You had to log into their play online website service to get certain pieces, wow. uh, certain maps, things of that nature. Of course now in 2022, it doesn't really matter because you can just get it for free on the internet, but the, play online service also doesn't exist anymore either so that guidebook's completely useless same to this point like if we didn't have internet access and we didn't know to look on the back of the cd case or didn't have the cd case you know think about going to a video game store and you yeah. always get the game case you know if you bought it used yeah that's that's you know? that was the first thought that entered into my mind when you said that slide is like well what happens if you bought it used you bought it from yeah. a friend of yours, or you you know right. got to an went to an exchange, and you don't well, have an original case. Yeah, well, that would suck. <laughs> uh, but as Banana was saying, I I had just recently I, had, I don't know, if, I think over the summer I had uh, talked to him about Metal Gear, and I was like, oh yeah, he said, what should I play during summer vacation? And I told him about this game, and he was. Um, I didn't hear from him most of the summer. The dude was playing them back to back to back to back to back. He played all the Metal Gear games. <laughs> like he's just saying right now, he spent two hours trying to find that stupid thing on the back of the CD case. Wow. It took me days. All right. Well, that's the uh, end of the first part of the playthrough here. If you have any questions uh, for Slight uh, uh, or in general on Metal Gear Solid, because uh, Slight is our resident expert, um, <clears throat> please go ahead and ask them in our live chat. 
and uh we're gonna take a short commercial break and then uh come back for part two of slight's playthrough of metal gear solid so stay tuned All right, we are back in action. Uh, yeah, if you just saw that, uh, we, no, it's not Home Alone. Ah, no, we're um, we're doing Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh is now in the public domain. It was written in 1926 by A. A. Milne, and um, 95 years later, it's now in the public domain. So we're going to be doing an adaptation of that, and it'll and be on December. That's why. 18th. Also, why that uh, horror movie now exists yeah blood and honey i think it's called <laughs> yeah poo blood and honey that's I, great I, I thought it was a joke when i saw no it. it's uh, yeah but yeah so well yeah mine's not gonna have blood in it though at least not uh yeah no we're yeah for here on the ebc channel we will tell you right out that this is a fucking uh mature even though we are not mature it's for mature audiences uh, we cover a lot of uh, adult content here, uh, and this will be the first and potentially the only show on the EBC channel that will be made for children. And not necessarily like for children, but I mean it will be child friendly. So I'm going to invite everybody, you know, have, have your kids in that. <laughs> Thank God you don't have any kids, Cage. I know, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, the so you, you you procreating that's a problem. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, so now we're going to get into the second part of the playthrough. I got to switch this thing over here, and hopefully this is going to work and not blow up. Oh, now let's get the volume right. There we go. Okay. Um, I'm Solid Snake. <laughs> Not to be confused with li Liquid Snake. That's the opposite. It, so the one thing he's I'm really smart. bad at is naming things. Yeah. Names get more ridiculous as you go. I think in the old games and like the little baby game versions of these, there's a, a boss called the Machine Gun Kid or something like that. You don't look like one of them. Pretty bad. The Machine Gun Kid? That also reminds me of Borderlands, uh, where he said there was a gun in there where you can shoot like swords at people. I'm just. That's cool. This is the part of the game where it starts to get real. This is where the story starts to get like really crazy. It's in this whole sequence. Pretty long cutscene. Interesting. Um, so you said you were 11 when you first played through this. Do you remember the, the actual first time that you played it? Um, so I was going over to my... I have these memories confused. I think the first thing was the demo disc. The second one was when I was over at my uh, Grandpa Frank's house. Um, and his house, they were, it was like a hoarder house. Like one of those on TV. Mm. It was really bad. And, uh couldn't even walk around in there and and i saw like there's cigarette smoke and stuff and and uh one of my uncles was playing was just sitting there playing a video game and it was this game so like it was already in my head with the demo disc and that and uh and so then i just we got the game one day my dad bought it for me because he played the demo with me yakima did and uh we both liked it um 
He makes fun of me to this day because he's like, you know, Metal Gear's anime, and I was like, no, it's not. Anime's stupid, and he's like, it's it's definitely anime. Uh, it's kind of anime. It's, it's especially in part two. It's totally like the plot of an anime storyline. The way they act, the dialogue, the some of the stuff they say, but I didn't care. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> okay, yeah. so so then from that point, did you actually get into right. any other anime after realizing no, what this never, was? I've never gotten into <clears throat> anime for some reason. I just kind of um I, like Pokemon. I watched the cartoon here and there. Um. Yeah, I don't know why. There was no reason. I just never did. Um, and see, the, to me, anime and JRPGs kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Like, there's so many similarities between those two things that, you know, if you're if you're into one, I would expect you to be into the other. Um, right. But, like, I, I've never been a big anime fan either, but I look at this game and I, I'm saying, yeah, this is pretty damn cool, the way they designed it and set it yeah, all up. Yeah, they and... made it very American, this with the military. He even had a military advisor through this series to, you know, you'll see it in the credits. Like, the guy just tells him, like, this is what they would do. Right. Um, so these two are just talking, and... and I didn't understand what I do now, obviously, at 35, you know, at 11, I was way different. So, but I knew enough that I wanted to play this forever. I wanted to play the next one. <laughs> but back then, obviously, I had to wait like three years for the next one to come out. So right. I was 11 with the first one. Um, and then I was uh, 14, I guess, when the next one came out. And then 17 with the next one. It just every three years. Okay, so you were talking about like you went over your uh, relative Frank's house, and and so that that portion of it that like that's probably pretty well seared into your memory, like what the house was like and the atmosphere yeah, you bad. were in when you were playing the game. Oh, I didn't play it there though. Oh, you didn't, but you I saw just, it. I just happened to see somebody was playing. It was on the little tiny, you know, TV. Okay. Um, which they had like up on their dresser. Do you do you remember the the first time that you played through the full game yourself? Playing it was the, the demo, and then I I had the I played it on PlayStation One. Um, I was all excited. It was a double disc thing. Did you go and buy it? No, my dad got it for me. Um, okay. Yakmo and he and I both played it. Um, I you know we took turns. I played it on my own. And uh, yeah, I was it was like summer break. Summer vacation. Okay. I was just I was just playing the heck out of this game. So so you're... it was really the first time I experienced something like this because at the time there was also Resident Evil and stuff a little before this and right. I wasn't really like familiar with this kind of look, this atmosphere in the game. So you you said your dad got it for you and and yeah. it sounds like he was pretty much just a, as excited as you were about he playing this. Cool, yeah. But he's like a traditional action guy. He likes Bruce Willis. He likes shoot 'em up stuff. So, he likes psychological thrillers, but as the series progressed, um, and it started going way left and like weird, <laughs> uh, he lost interest in it. Whereas I kept playing it all the way through. Okay. Yeah, you mean with uh, subsequent uh, the sequels? Yeah, I think he made it to the end of the second one and never played anymore. Okay. Um, 
Um, so, so do you remember, you know, either the first time you played or, or that summer, you know, as you were working your way through this, uh, what were, what were some of the f things that you were feeling about the game, the storyline? And... So I was kind of like stalling, waiting for this section right here. <laughs> dude's about to have a heart attack, right? So this is the guy you're supposed to rescue. And this is the moment spoilers. where you really, what's that? Shut the, shut up, Cage. I said spoilers. Gosh. <laughs> it's 1998. It's about to happen right now. So, so the guy, the guy's gonna have a heart attack, right? And that's it. And and at that moment, you're like, whoa, what's what just happened? You know, I was supposed to rescue this guy, and then you start learning more. And then other thing, there it is, right here. Um, and and at this very moment, you're just you're in. You're you're in for the rest of the story. It's so well told. Um, and there's other things that happen later in this game that continue to get weirder and weirder. It's like a murder mystery slash government conspiracy. Hmm. Um, and Metal Gear is always very science-based. So even if you see something really weird and supernatural, there's like some sort of explanation for it. Um, and uh, I I don't think it's in this playthrough. I didn't get that far. But there's a, there's a some things that stick with you for the rest of your life. Like... Uh, one of the boss fights is Psycho Mantis. He's he's exactly what it sounds like. He can. Uh, they all have animal code names, right? Snake Mantis, Ozzy. Mm -hmm. And he he's all like telekinetic. He can move things with his mind, and he can. And so that was literally one of the greatest moments in gaming history, where the where you're in this room, you're trying to kill him, you can't shoot him. Nothing you do is working because he just dodges you. It's like the Matrix, and and you're like, what am I supposed to do? Then these guys call you, or you call them, right? And you're trying, like, what do I do, Colonel? And uh, it just kind of drags on for a while, and you're starting to get frustrated, and, and they don't know, you don't know, and you just got to keep calling them and find out and, and working with these AI, these characters, to tell you. And eventually, the answer um, is you unplug the controller and plug it into controller port 2. Because somehow he can't. Oh my god! <laughs> right, and then before that, I skipped a whole bunch of stuff. Before that, during the cutscene where he's like messing with you, he says, "I'm Psychomantis. I know all these things." And he reads your mind, right? Which is what Cage was talking about earlier. He reads your memory card. He's like, "This is what kind of games you like to play," and he starts naming stuff. Um, he bases it off of what you do in the game. So he's like, "You're kind of a reckless guy," or how many times you saved, right? So he'll read your personality based off of how you've played the game. Interesting. Um, and then he's like, now for my final act, he set the controller down. He tells you to set the controller down on a flat surface. And he starts, like, using the force, right? Making the controller vibrate. That's the DualShock. Um, and at the time, when you see the controller vibrate, I was freaking out. <laughs> I, I mean, what are you going to do, right? It's 1998. You're 11 years old. This stuff doesn't exist like it does today. Right. Well, for him to tell me what kind of person I am based off of the gameplay, what kind of games I've played, and then all of a sudden make the controller move, it was the closest I've ever come to playing with a Ouija board. It was amazing. So he, he really got into your head. Dude, it, I'll never forget that. No, it's crazy. That's awesome. Uh, it sucks, because people today, if you were to ever start playing it, and even if I didn't tell you this stuff, it wouldn't have the same impact, you know, because... Well, twenty twenty two. We can do all kinds of stuff. Right, but it's but I was just thinking, Cage. Are there any other mainstream games that do that? Nothing that I know of. 
Not that I know of, no. Not not to the extent that this game did. I mean, there's one thing to be said about, like, um, you know, puzzles that are part of the storyline or, you know, the Easter eggs and things like that. But, I mean, you know, you had uh, the Rumble Pack on the N64. You had, you know, a couple other things like that. That's the first time that I've heard that they're actually building things like that so that there's uh, almost not not only breaking the fourth wall but also um you know like building a multi angular experience into yeah. the gameplay so that it's even more immersive than well, you would now expect you have controllers like i don't i didn't follow playstation i had ps1 ps2 and i had ps3 for a little bit but i know like the newer ones the controllers light up and mm -hmm. there's also a speaker i think right in the newer controllers yeah yep so that i mean now it would be crazy if he could make a game you know using that but uh he always likes to take so kojima a little backstory in him he wanted to be um, he loves like James Bond. He loves old American stuff. He, even though you know, he's Japanese, he lives in Japan, but he's always wanted to be a movie director. <laughs> and his inspiration was old James Bond spy films and stuff. And he he didn't get to be a movie director. He just ended up getting a job making some games. And he was bummed out about it. So what he did was he decided, well, I'm gonna make games like movies, and that's why you have this. That's interesting. So they're basically interactive movies because there's more cutscene in game, I think. Uh, so educate me a little bit. Is there anything else that this guy has done besides Metal Gear Solid series? He did like, so there's, when I was talking about Easter eggs, you can see things like Zone of the Enders. Um, You're muted, Cage. There's Psychomantis right there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Easter eggs in the game that you can find that have like old posters, um, either of like the developer's wives or... <clears throat> Or games that Kojima has made. Um, so he's done other stuff too. But th this is like, just like George Lucas has done other stuff, but Star Wars is his thing. This is his thing. This is what Kojima's known. The stuff you'd be most familiar with, Scotty, personally, would be there was a game that came out a couple years ago. I know that, uh, which Whitney has talked about it because I know it's one of her favorite games called Death Stranding. Yep. Had Norman Reedus in it. That's his newest baby. Um, the other thing that you might be familiar with of his work would be actually something else starring Norman Reedus. And that was actually a demo for the yep. PlayStation called PT. Oh yeah. That was supposed to end up being a, a new silent Hill game called silent Hills. Yep. And unfortunately it got canned by Konami. Fucking that's Konami. A whole, there's a <laughs> whole, there's a whole nother conversation, but there's a lot of like, stuff that was going down between him and konami and and pt got messed up and it was a whole thing i got i, I got to imagine that it's it, it's almost like creative intelligence versus marketing and business and, and business, these two are yeah. butting heads just, just short in like as concise and short as i can make it he basically um it started around metal gear 5 i'd say uh, actually before that and eventually, you don't even have the voice actor, the same voice actor who does Snake the whole series in 5. You had Kiefer Sutherland. 
um, even though the Japanese version is the same guy. And then it slowly started to fall apart. They wanted mm. him to release the game sooner than he was ready. He was taking too long. Wow. I don't even know. No one knows the full, full story. Um, it's just we kind of pieced it together until eventually it accelerated and or it, it got so exacerbated to the point where he wasn't even allowed to uh, to join the game awards. So when he got, you know, he couldn't even be there. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was messed you know, up. Was whatever, messed whatever up. happened. I mean, they pretty much like Konami basically they tried to him at a certain point. Yeah. So he ended up making his own game studio. Uh, his own graphics engine thing, uh, Fox engine, and he's doing fine. He just takes for it's like literally like ten years per game. He's probably working on one now, but it's going to take forever to come out with something. <laughs> okay. He's very he's a perfectionist, and I mean it shows though. Look at all the stuff he does. Oh yeah, him. absolutely. He's I mean this everything. is this is top level for the the time it came out and the platform. I mean, it, 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 in my opinion, it even stands head and shoulders above, like, Silent Hill and that. By the time the second game came out, the, the main theme was rearranged and rescored, and all the music from that point out was done by Harry Gregson Williams, who's a Hollywood movie composer. So, like, they went all out. <laughs> it started getting pretty cool. That's excellent. All right, so the game, the other games you were saying, Death Stranding with an R? Yeah, that's the newest one. Yeah, yep. Death Stranding. Okay. I have not played that yet. Yeah, I'll look that up in PT. Um, I'll, I'll see, because, yeah, that, PT was that, that looks great. And I'd like to look at some of his, you know, what. Uh, <clears throat> as much as I'm not into gaming myself, I do like watching playthroughs, so I'll, you know, go on YouTube and look some of this up and see I think you watch would like the playthroughs. I mean, there's so much too much information to cover. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's switch gears a little bit now. And um, what uh, what to you, Slide, are some of the best aspects of this game in particular, but the, the whole Metal Gear It was series. always a story. Like, number one, is it's always a story. I've never... There's never been a story that quite captivated me as much as this because it was so twisty. <laughs> like, you would never see it coming. And then by the time the twist was over, you're spending the next couple days just processing what you experienced. It was it was a hell of a ride. I've never had a game do that for me. Not yet. I, I've, I like I've heard you say multiple things that have said to me that this guy... What's his name again? I'm sorry. The creator. Kojima. It sounds like his storylines, his style of gameplay, what he presents to you in this whole package, multiple times has gotten into your head, and and it's like yeah. something that uh, monopolizes your thoughts long after you have stopped playing the game. The whole message of the, <clears throat> the franchise is he's very anti-nuke. You know, which I, anyone can get behind that, and uh, but he does it in such a in such a tasteful way. In the second game, I know it's not this one, but it's the same type of stuff. Like, there's a point where they're telling you, "Turn off the game, Snake. You've been playing too long. Like, it's <laughs> to really screw with you." It's, That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. So, so the whole experience for me was just. I never wanted it to end, you know. Obviously, everything has to come to an end, but it's just—it was just so 
memorable for sure. Okay, and this is the first one. Would you say this is the best out of the entire series? That's always a tough one for me. Um, obviously, the first of anything is usually up there because without the first one, you can't have anything. Yeah, well, especially if it's groundbreaking, too. Yeah, I would say... I don't know, man. <laughs> I actually really, really enjoyed the second one. Um, they're all just very different. Um, I think the second one was the height of it being, you know, just... You can't even comprehend what's happening. <laughs> um, and the story's almost too twisted. And then by the third one, Metal Gear's kind of at its peak, you know. Um, and it starts to kind of come down slowly and fade away over time after that. Yeah, well, I'd, say, I'd say it's a tie between one and two that are my favorites for sure. You know, one of the commenters in our uh, live chat, Manly Banana, says, uh, yeah, Metal Gear Solid 2 fucked my brain till it became like a scrambled yeah. egg. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea, Scotty. It's uh, it's crazy. Metal Gear 2, without spoiling it for you, gets into, gets into the bigger picture. So this game is all the terrorists and which guy's really the bad guy, what's really going on, what's the government doing. But in the second game, it gets to the point where now you're talking about shadow government. You're talking about the Illuminati, essentially. Mm -hmm. They call them the Patriots. So in the Metal Gear universe, they're called the Patriots. And um, they control everything. They control voting. You think you voted for Trump, but really it doesn't matter. They're going to put in whoever they want, that kind of <laughs> level of... Well, you know what I mean? And, and we were talking uh, before we started the show about uh, conspiracy theory and how we're, we're all kind of into that. You know, yeah. and, and where those yeah, storylines can go. Sure. Uh, I have always been a big fan of dystopian future movies, um, especially yeah. like V for Vendetta and that. Um, so you, now that you have said that to me, I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start doing some research on this into the lore. Because I'll tell you one thing. When I first came That's across uh, Five Nights at Freddy's... Um, I even downloaded the the game mobile to my phone and completely and utterly failed because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with modern it's games. But uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, when I was a child, I was always constantly going to, <laughs> um, you know, my parents would take me to uh, our, our local Cleveland version of Chuck E. Cheese's, the knockoff version yeah. called Mark's Funtime Theater. So that and Chuck E. Cheese's and, you know, those animatronics. So that was a big part of my childhood. And I fell in love so much with watching Markiplier play Five Nights at Freddy's, the entire yeah. series. I went and I bought the books. There's there's already, I think, five novels based on that because I absolutely love the lore See, that was associated with the game. Those, right. It's like you said, you have to buy the books. Yeah. I always, always just making fun of it, you know, poking fun while I was playing through the first two games. I was telling people, how do you know that the chat was telling me all these things? Like, I'm like, where in the game does it tell me all this stuff that you're telling me? It doesn't. You have to buy the books. Whereas <laughs> in Metal Gear, you dig deep enough in the game itself, you'll find the answer. Well, and I could understand maybe if, you know, they were trying to sell guides or, you know, right, play right. You know, stuff like that. But like, you know. So besides looking at playthroughs of the Metal Gear series on YouTube or whatever else, I'm I'm going to look and see, are there any novels? Are there any, you know, online stories oh, yeah. of this lore and, and you know, people that have in, flushed in it out? In the second game in the menu, you do the same thing as in this one. You go and find the, the previous story stuff, and they have, like, a 200-page novel plus other oh, wow. books in there, too. Yeah, you could just That's sit great. there and read them in there, too. 
they're like between stories you know what happened between there right Oh, and I love that sort of thing, too, the filler material. Okay, so you watch a movie, and then you watch its sequel, and then you go and read the novel that is supposed to occur yeah. between the two movies. Yeah. yeah. And they're, again, they're not necessary, so they did it in a way where if people just want to hurry up and play the game, they don't care about that stuff, they'll enjoy it just as much as the obsessive guy who wants to read all of it. So it's, it works. Like, you're not missing anything if you don't read it, but it's cool if you do. Well, I'll definitely have to put this on my list. And uh, take, um, take a look a at guy, the lore. There's a guy who, who has a channel on YouTube. Um, he has masterfully made multiple edits to kind of put all the games together into movies. Oh, you can okay. sit and yeah. actually watch the whole thing without gameplay. He'll just keep certain things that are important and put them together. Yeah. And um, like this one is like a four-hour movie. Um, or he does the whole saga for like a 12-hour video on YouTube. Yeah, I've seen things like that. I was uh, in particular... It's, it's really well done, though. I, I really cool. liked the uh, fan-made movie on YouTube for uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Because they, uh, yeah, yeah. they do the same thing. Like There's that. so much backstory in Red Dead Redemption and 1 and 2. <clears throat> All right, well, that's fantastic. Uh, if anybody has any uh, questions for Slight, uh, go ahead and put them in our live chat now because we're going to be wrapping up here uh, fairly soon. Um, and I, I wanted to uh, also ask you, Slight, is there any uh, like particular memories that you have that are... You said earlier that you haven't touched this game in 10 years is that accurate you something like that yeah okay that that actually is um contrary to what most of our guests have done where usually they're presenting not only a favorite game of theirs but it's something that they regularly revisit like when we had ben from the gaming yeah. avengers talking about Mega Man x he was saying you know anytime he's got a bad day he comes home and he boots up Mega Man x and that's his go-to yeah. game to lose himself um so i find that kind of interesting that you as as much of an impact that, that this game has played uh, made on you you haven't played it in quite some right. time um but uh, that's just an access thing you know because i don't but you know, i don't have a playstation so. okay but that actually plays into my question here which is mm -hmm. so when you booted this up on the emulator because you don't have a playstation right. uh to do your recording of the playthrough for our podcast here was there anything as soon as you started playing it again that triggered in your memory it was like a, a you know something that popped into your head and said oh my god i just remembered that nuggets. yeah um honestly no i i see it from a different angle now because i understand you know i was like 11 when i first got into it but i played it all the way you know sporadically all the way until i was like 20 something um but no, I remember the game so well. It's like, it's just, the music is nostalgia for me, but uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I know the game so well, it's like the back of my hand. <laughs> There's nothing that, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. Um, and and absolutely. and conversely, uh, when you hit a specific part of the game, is there something that you always remember associate with that segment of the game? Which um, that that probably isn't going to be much either because you haven't played it in so long. Yeah. 
I think the thing that sticks out to me the most is when I, like, initially is when I first booted up. The very, very first, like, 10 seconds. That music that you hear when it shows the Konami logo, you just know. You're like, oh, yeah. I remember this. <laughs> this is good stuff. Um, yeah, man, it's, 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 there's no particular moment besides that Psycho Mantis fight. <laughs> right. Right there on the uh, on the playthrough, um, watching it back on the stream, he just talked about, you know, it's contactor. It should be on the CD case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it he... was the part you were talking about earlier. Nice. The part that was so infuriating. <laughs> yeah, there's so many there's so many moments in this game that that are fourth wall breakers, and they just get worse and worse as you go. I'm kind of curious now because I have my copy of. Uh, Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation 1 was actually part of the PlayStation 2 collection. It was a three-pack that came with Metal Gear Solid 1, but, like, in a PlayStation 2 case, but it was still the PlayStation 1 game, you know, PlayStation 2 being backwards compatible. And then um, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. Just the real footage. So, like, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious that if my copy has it on the back there as well. I don't know. Well, go find it. Yeah, I'm sure it would. <laughs> it got to. Uh -huh. I'll, I'll go find it. I don't care. <laughs> okay, now like the game room far away. Okay, now that now, now the cage the is gone, we can talk about nuclear waste is seeping out. That's kind of where you. Yeah, I was seeing that. There, he's actually incorporating live, real video. Yep, and he and he actually uses real historical. Um, so when sometimes in some of the games there'll be like a timeline that said 1970 this happened, 1980 this happened, and then he'll he'll put in little parts of the games and mix it in with like reality. So they try hmm. to make it seem like it actually is a real event. All right. So th this is this is the collection. It's the essential collection for PS2. Like I, I said, it's uh, that's amazing. It's a, it's a PlayStation One game, but in a PS2 style case. It is not on the back of the actual case, but they were smart enough to put it on the back of the overall collection. Uh, there it is. Yep, yep. There it is on the top. There you go. Because you look at the picture, you see there, and you're like, oh, there's the... Yeah, I'll never forget that. Man, was I stuck. Well, and I don't know that if I were playing something like that, I would ever figure that out because, because like yeah banana ball. said in the chat it, it was <laughs> just before that happens in the game you pick yeah. up an item that's a cd case yeah and yeah. you're like, you're probably flipping it over and over in the game looking and looking right. and you know where is the fucking code you know i don't know that i would have figured that out you know. They do stuff like that throughout the games, but as you start getting wiser to it, you just expect it, so it's not as hard anymore. But the first game had the best, the best moments. Right. That link I put in, put in there, by the way, that's the guy. Yeah. Who just like edits all the videos together. So if you don't ever play the games, I would highly recommend just finding the first one and watching it. It's just freaking awesome. Yeah, that's uh, Kefka Productions. Yeah, he he does such a good job. Like. There's no other channel that edit because some people miss something, you know, miss a detail or something. But he's got it all in there perfectly. There's that damn CD. I thought it was that. 
It's like a floppy disk. I'm going to spell that for uh, the people that might be listening to this on the audio version of the podcast. That's K oh, yeah. K E F K A, and then Productions with an S at the end. Um, so yeah, check that out. That's somebody who has put together all of the cutscenes and the storyline from Metal Gear Solid on YouTube, and you can essentially watch the Metal Gear Solid movie. So. Yes. Kafka also being the villain for Final Fantasy VI. I have one more question. Oh, really? That's yes. probably where that comes from. Yeah, I thought it sounded familiar. The 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 villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the, the there was a, there was the yeah. whole discussion between uh, who's worse, Kafka or uh, Sephiroth? Sephiroth, yeah. Did Sephiroth do this? No, it was Kafka. Yeah, there's a. Um, let's see if I can turn this to you, Scotty. So, around July, um, Metal Gear's birthday had just just uh, you know passed up because it came out in July something. It was a little. It's like two weeks older than me. And um, somebody had posted something on social media. Here, I'll, I'll send it to you right now. And it was um, interesting because I never knew. Like I'm looking at my phone now. He talked about how Metal Gear Solid doesn't it's dying off it's like a victim of the modern age where a lot of games they have broken ports or they don't have the right port for steam you can't find the game in certain places so it's actually kind of kind of sad um so unless you're like emulating this game you're not going to really be able to find it as easily Okay, well, uh, that's basically the end of the uh, second part of the playthrough, so we're going to uh, start to close out here. If there's any other uh, questions, uh, you know, people in our live chat would like to ask, go ahead and put them in there. Um, so, Slight, is there is there anything else that... Oh, correction. Correction. It wasn't social media. I forgot. Banana sent me that. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. I remember that. That's right. Um, is there anything else about this game that you feel we haven't touched on or any other memories that you have associated with it that you wanted to tell us about? It was so much. It was so much. I was so obsessed. I used to like look up like lore and trailers and, um, yeah, there's far too much to cover in here, but I think, I think that's about it. Metal Gear will mess with your mind and it's one of the greatest stories of all time. So that's, what's wrong with you. Metal Gear just like completely obliterated your mind. It got in there and yeah. it started worming around and, <laughs> well, other, you know, and it's funny cause as I got into Twitch and I found out how little I know about games and people are playing final fantasy and all these games I've never played at all. Yeah. There, there is a and lot. I, it was just like in my own world, but yeah, Metal Gear is like the one that I, was that before or after you decided to play every game ever? Uh, what? <laughs> Metal Gear? No, how many you found out that, you know, how complicated the actual game list is. Oh, I decided to play every game ever first, like an idiot. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't a good idea. Yeah, you, you got to stick to that schedule, man. All right. Um, so uh, at this point, uh, we're going to close out the audio version of the podcast. Yes, we do have an audio version. We're, we record it live here on Twitch. And uh, then I post, you know, I chop it up in in the thing and and post it to the RSS feed. Uh, you can find it anywhere podcasts are found. We are on every major platform, and uh, if you spell that arcade, just like it is on the screen now, no a, just R C A D E, 
and Nostalgia Memories podcast. It'll come up. Uh, we're on, you know, Spotify, Apple, Google, all of that good stuff. Um, we had, uh, I think, I want to say 14. How many episodes did we have last season? 12 or 13 or 14? You're muted again, Cage. F- fucking dumbass. I, sorry, I, I'm <laughs> so I don't off and sniffle I all know. the microphone. I know. I'm trying to be accurate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we had 12 episodes last time. Okay, so 12 episodes in season one when we started uh, last year when I, I uh, somehow convinced Cage to uh, deal with my dumbass for all this time. And uh, we're on episode three now of season two. So yeah, uh, 15 episodes. And uh, we're going to keep on going. We're uh, It's it's working out much better schedule-wise to do these once a month. And then I, I posted, so we'll have 10 episodes in season two, and then we'll shut down again for the summer in 2023. Um, and then we'll see where it goes from there. You know, I might be, I might be able to convince Cage to go for a season three. I don't know. He's, he's probably sick of this bullshit by now. But, you need uh, to raise again. <laughs> you need to raise again? Okay. Uh, I'll give you a, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to mail you a porcupine. I think that it, that'll be your raise for this time. You know, what? it'll just, it'll go fine with the raccoon in my roof. So <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. My mom just had trouble with squirrels in her attic. So yeah, I feel your pain. Um, but yeah, you can check us out anywhere. There's podcast and, uh, uh, listen and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, play it on your, your way to work or, you know, when you get some free time and, uh, most of the episodes come around like an hour and a half or so. Um, and we just, uh, want to try to continue this, this method of, you know, interviewing some gamers and, and maybe have some content to some stories to tell and gamers. Yeah. Some things that, uh, you've never heard before. And stuff like that, because in my experience, most of the podcasts and and the content that's out there uh, about gamers is their skill and, you know, uh, all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, none of us has skill. Um, We do, but we have fun and we've we've got some stories to tell. So, Um, but yeah, you can check it out. All right, uh, so if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, thank you for joining us. Our next live recording should be uh, for episode four. We Our guest uh, that day will be Iznib, and he will be uh, presenting the OG Doom. Uh, so that will be, uh, it should be on su- Sunday, December 11th. Uh, and that's at twitch.tv slash EBC 2021. And uh, you can always check and make sure uh, with my schedule that's posted on my website. That's EBC2021.com. And, uh, you know, if we have any changes to the schedule, that'll post there. <clears throat> and um, you can check it all out. And uh, and then we also have uh, things lined up for January. I don't want to go into that now, but like I said, we will have 10 episodes, and this is episode 3, and we're going to try to mix it up a little bit. Uh, we're going to have another roundtable, I think, in February, although I haven't decided what that's going to be. And, uh, of course, you can also contact us through the website, too. Like, if you've got any notes or feedback or anything like that, you know, there's a, a contact form on the website and you can send us a message and we'll be glad to hear what you have to say about it. If you, you know, 
one of the few people that have found this uh, podcast and you you want to continue with it. Uh, we've captured at least a, a, a some somewhat of a slight percentage. Uh, you see what I did there? Slight, a slight percentage of your attention, and uh, we're moving forward with that. So, uh, all right. Okay. Say good night, Cage. Good night, Cage. And uh, yeah, don't do anything I wouldn't do because, well, I said I'm not going to do it. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye.